Dum 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 dum. Just going around. Do, 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 do. Cooking to myself. What the? Brenton. Oh, hi, Nathan. What? What? What are you? Hey. What are you doing in my house? Why did you go through the window? Oh, well, you know, I just thought it was the easiest access point. You the, know, you, like, you can just knock on the front door. It's it's right there. Why? Why did you do that? Well, it's classic movie banter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> oh, hey, how's it going? Good, very good, bud. Just uh, ready for another app, another day, another app. Forty-two, the meaning of life. Forty-two. Is it really? Like, because that's obviously a joke from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is a good, the, good job recognizing the- that reference. You're you're really in it. You know pop culture. I thought I'd spell it out there as well as point out how fucking smart I am. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know, listeners, you know know what I'm saying. Um, Mm. But uh, is it a good joke? (laughs) Is that... Please tell me that's the whole prologue. It's like, was that a good joke? (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I mean, like, while we're here, why not? (laughs) It's like... Like, I don't know, like, is there, okay, so is there jokes that exist, or is there phenomena that exists in pop culture and anything that you just kind of don't get? Like, you get it, but you just don't get why it's so big, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there's heaps of stuff. Like, 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 what are the kids listening to these days, or like, what are the kids talking about these days, and I'm like, why is this in pop culture? Like, what was that whole thing going on recently with that, um, that scary chick? You know, there was that scary thing people thought was real, you know, with the, are you aware of this? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. There's like, there's like the 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 chick that's like got like the Voldemort nose, but like two <laughs> eyes that are too big, and then like the slit for the mouth that's like in this weird freaking smile. And I it's know. Like, okay. I was, I, you know, I, I saw that photo. This, so I'll make the. I saw that photo, and I was like, how do they get photos of my mother? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. You know, you know how that that week, the week after, um. The castle. Hey, you told me your mum's response was that she gave me the finger. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure after this episode, she will be giving you the finger, <laughs> and I will have to report on it next week. It's so good. Let's be honest. But yeah, she just texted you that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brenton. Please, please inform Nathan on the next podcast and pass along my finger. <laughs> uh, uh, but um. If I could, like, demonstrate just, you know, just for our listeners, look up right now, scary face meme girl or whatever. Isn't it, it like Mo- and, Momo uh, or something or Mojo or something like that? I have no idea. I think it's, Mo- Momo. it's something like, I don't know, man. Mojo, like Mojo Jojo? Mojo Momo? <laughs> it's actually a Powerpuff <laughs> Girls throwback. Like. <laughs> uh, no, but if I could, like, describe the sound she's making here, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a picture of her up right now. But, like, now. I think the news story was, like, people thought Stu was real and people thought, oh, this is a poor woman and there's all this dumb, horrible stuff. That's it's like, it's so obviously a puppet. It was obviously, like, 12-year-olds on social media who, like, <laughs> who have no business being on social media, just reacting the fuck out of this viral thing. And then, like... Dude, it's... It's terrifying. It's like, pretty I'm haunting. I'm just looking at it again now. Like, it's... What the fuck is that? But you know what's so funny? Like, because it's gone viral and everyone's, like, frightened by it, you know, like, two years from now, we're going to get some fucking viral movie. We're going to get some horror movie based on this chick. And it's going to be so... The meme's going to be so outdated that by the time the movie comes, it's just going to be horseshit. <laughs> you never know. Look, if if you put that on, a, like, a like a screen somewhere, like, it's just... Yeah. It's... it's it's. I think it it's still got a scare in it. Ready? Here's the noise it makes in my mind. Ready? Because it doesn't have, like, you know, it doesn't really have, like, a proper jaw. It's kind of got, like, a bird's... So it'd be, like, more of a bird-like sound because it's kind of like a slit and it's like a beak. So it'd be something like... 
Ah! <laughs> now I wanted someone to make a gif of that thing and just have Brendan's like <laughs> just like edited into it. Or should it be higher pitched? I'm, I think it should be lower pitched because it's a big bird. So it should maybe it should be like more like like like. <laughs> Do you just like sit in your bed just at night, just like making weird ass bird noises? And like, just like this will be useful one day. Like <laughs> people are scared of Momo. I just freaking think you know what does she sound like? And then I sit there for five days trying to work it out. <laughs> you're trying to do it. But is she like the only thing? Like, have you like seen other things in pop culture? You're just like, I don't get why this is big or why this is popular or why people are talking about it. Last point I'll say, last point I'll say about Momo is that it's funny that you don't get it because I kind of get it because I kind of think it's like, it's fucked up to look at, but it's also kind of funny <laughs> like at the same time that like, that like this, this is sparked like this much. And like some of the memes are just, are, are too good, but. Uh, Let's talk about shaggy memes. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Because I am not that familiar. Because I... D- okay, I'm going to be very upfront right now, Brenton, because I'm not that hip and cool with the culture. I don't do that many memes. Like, I don't keep up with the memes, if that makes sense. Like, like when it comes to social media, I try not to scroll through Facebook, Instagram, everything like that too much. So I normally miss all these kind of things. So... So what you you maybe might need to lead this one, mate. <laughs> okay, so I don't actually get how this started, but these these aren't memes of like Shaggy, the character from Scooby Doo, like the cartoon. It's Shaggy from like the film that we were talking about recently. Yeah, this the Scooby Doo film from the like early two thousands. Yeah, it's and for some reason like these memes started coming out and they started coming up on my Instagram feed, like everything of just. Like pictures of Shaggy, like and specifically the actor playing Shaggy, like obviously, like in a in a in an interview, like junket for the film, like just like <laughs> saying random shit, like like he's the master of the universe, or like you know, like so I've I've got a few up here right now, and you know this is one, and it's got him in this interviews, and he was like. I was forced to use almost 2.3% of my power to completely challenge the timeline and not get on meme review to live forever. Like... Oh my god. That's like Tiger Blood level shit. That's like Charlie Sheen at the height of his popularity level shit. Like, I I just don't... It's just... I just... I don't get it, but at the same time, it's hilarious that, like, it's become a thing. (laughs) Uh, Here's here's another one. And, like, here's Freddie Prince Jr., like, in an interview. Like, like in his Fred... With his Fred blonde hair. And he's like... It's like, quote... Shaggy was so powerful he managed to kill a good meme just hours after its conception. Like <laughs> like and it's just always this shit about like Shaggy being powerful and like Shaggy being the master the secret master of the universe and it's just so funny. Um Oh, here's another one. It's like again, this is Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred and it's like honestly the only reason I'm the leader is because Shaggy would unmask all villains at once if he used just one percent of his power and he wanted to savor their suffering. <laughs> It's so great because, like, everyone knows Scooby-Doo. So, like, it just it resonates so deeply. This one's bad. Okay. This one's, this one's bad. So, it's Shaggy with, like, with a big grin, like, in his interview thing. And he's got his hand up as well, like, kind of in frame. <laughs> and it says the last... Oh, God. This is so bad. Uh, very dark humor, people. So, get ready for this shit. The last time I used 5% of my power, 6 million Jews died. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a Holocaust joke to lighten the mood. Like crikey, like some memes out there are very dark though. Like they'll they'll cut into that. Like, There's so many Jew ones. <laughs> are you saying are they trying to frame? Are they trying to frame like Shaggy is like anti-Semitic or something? Like <laughs> oh, I don't get it. Like listen to this one. It's the same image and it says a Jew once stole my sandwich, so I stole the foreskin of every Jew to ever exist. Oh my god. 
Why is there anti-Semitic jokes with these memes? I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, there's other ones, like, the other image they always use is, like, the one from Scooby-Doo to live action where he's, like, he, like, drinks the serum or something that makes him, like, super muscly, but it's... Like, oh, like, yeah! You've ever seen. That's right. It's so good. And it's... That's hilarious, too. But these shaggy memes, man, I think they're a good time. <laughs> um, obviously, I didn't know there was all these... There was all these uh, Holocaust ones, but... Yeah, maybe not those ones. But you don't think the shaggy memes will become dead memes anytime soon? I hope not. I hope they continue to grow and become better. <laughs> they just become something just so else. it's so stupid. Like, it's... I, I feel like I should join in. Maybe that's my life's calling, to become a meme, a shaggy <laughs> meme. Uh, you know Hollywood? You know Hollywood's, like, only beginning to adapt video games? You know, they're trying to adapt board games, all that kind of stuff. Dragon will eventually get to the stage where Hollywood will make a movie out of a meme. I don't know. Oh, wait! Didn't it already happen? Didn't they try and make, like, a grumpy cat movie? Didn't I, they? No. I, sw- no, no, I swear Maybe. this is a thing that uh, exists. I feel like they did. No, but there was, there, was emo- there was, like, an emoji movie, wasn't there? Yeah, but emojis aren't memes. Like, you know what I mean? But, but, but there was something like that. But, I mean, like, Angry Birds became a movie. Like, there's just, there's random shit that you're like, why, why? Like, <laughs> but why? I don't know. He's the, he's, before we get into the, uh, to the show, here is the last Shaggy meme I'll say. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's like this actor in this, it's this guy playing Shaggy in this interview. He says, no one really understood the toll Shaggy had on my body. I spent seven months in rehab after the first time he graced me with his presence. The doctors were surprised when they found out I was alive after finishing the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome, welcome uh, to another fantastic oh episode of welcome to Classic Movie, movie banter, banter, where we share shaggy memes and maybe sometimes talk about movies older than 20 years. I'm your host, Nathan, and you are with... Shaggy expert, Brenton. Shaggy expert, Brenton. He's, su- <laughs> he's, he's something of a shaggy expert himself, and uh, he just loves sharing those memes, and we're here to review those movies that are older than 20 years. Uh, and let you know if they're worth your time. Dude, I just, like, hijacked the intro. I, I finally did it this week. I'm, I feel like I'm in charge. This is great. Yeah, dude. Dude. <laughs> I'm running hey, with it. Here you go. You did a great I, job. I feel like that kid who's just stolen their parents' car, and they've, like, driven out down the driveway, and they're like, oh, my God, I did it. But they get to the street, they're like, shit, what do I do now? It's like... <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I went, like, driving, like, on my L's, you know. My first time, I just got my L's, and my dad took me for a drive. Mm-hmm. I did exactly that. I got to the. I got past the end of the street, and I, you know, went around the suburb kind of area. And then Dad said, "Right now, you're gonna learn, son." And he made me like merge onto the like the biggest uh, highway on the. Oh no! He's like straight onto the motorway, motherfucker. And you're like, what? (laughs) Dude, he did. He did, and it was the scariest shit of my life. And I somehow what a dog move. It was pretty. Oh, but you know, that's one way to learn. We may have died, but you know, <laughs> luckily we obviously found he, out Brenton's not a he bad whips driver, out He so. whips out the teleporter and he teleports the car to like downtown New Delhi and you're suddenly in the middle of like Mumbai or something <laughs> and you have to navigate through all that shit. He's like, now you're in the thick of it, son. And you're like, what? <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. But yeah, so today we're, we're into our, our, our new episode, episode 42. Yeah. Uh, from the intro, you may have guessed that what we'll be talking about is breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Dude, I'm so excited for this episode. I've been wanting to watch this. This is like, like even when we first started this podcast and you and I are like, let's review old movies that we haven't seen yet that we really want to like just talk about. Like immediately that was on the list was like Breakfast at Tiffany's because everyone talks about every, everyone I, I don't want to genderize, but nearly every girl I, I, I talk to movies about, they talk about this movie and I'm like, I want to see this film. It's iconic. I want to see it. Have you are you have you been keen for this? Yeah, I've been super keen for it. I mean, like it's one of those films that everyone kind of yeah talks about, and I just don't really have any scope of 
you know, obviously what it is or, you know, obviously I kind of, I kind of knew like some of the imagery from it, I guess, mm. um, specifically that, you know, Audrey, uh, Audrey Hepburn's character, like is obviously like used a lot in like promotional material and, mm. and what, what say you, who like, doesn't have that action figure? <laughs> I've got five. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all the same. So yeah. They must exist. I got five of Audrey and one of and one of Paul. <laughs> yeah. And I make them all kiss. And sixteen of Kat. And half of Mickey Rooney. <laughs> like the bottom half. The bottom half that hasn't been caricatured. Yeah, the so, bottom half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so I feel like you Jesus. and I were busting to get into this app because we've got we've got some things to say about Breakfast at Tiffany's. So Brenton, can you please pitch me this movie? I can. I can pitch you this movie. So Breakfast at Tiffany's. Welcome to my Hollywood office. Alright, so we're walking in here we go. Yep. Oh, look at this place. Look at that look at that. Oh, uh, hello, nice son. Office. Uh, Welcome oh, in. There. Welcome in. Hello, Nathan. Have you heard of the band The Beatles? They might be a thing right now. Who knows? But it's the sixties. I'm producer Nathan. I heard. I heard you want to adapt a Truman Capote book. So, and I thought I love Truman Capote. Why not? I'll, I'll make this meeting happen. Pitch to me what you want to do with this novel. Uh, so basically, I want to adapt it. Oh, that's it. Have you read the book? I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that it? <laughs> Let me continue my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like, as a producer, I'm just like, ah, okay, what a, what a novel idea. <laughs> ah, yeah. I got it. Ah, what a joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. We're 15 minutes into the episode, I'll have you know, and we haven't said one point on this film. <laughs> we've just been like, we've just been fucking about just for too long, which I think is like this podcast in a nutshell. Are you still pitching, yeah, by the I way? Are you, are you still talking to me, Hollywood producer? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let's, let's, let's continue. Um, so, uh, the, this film is about um, is about uh, Audrey Hepburn, yeah. uh, who plays this character, uh, and uh, who is very who lives a very uh, lavish lifestyle um, in New York City, mm-hmm. um, but or likes to likes to show that she lives a lavish lifestyle, and she meets this guy called Paul. Who climbs through a window a lot? <laughs> oh boy, does he! he he's a mountaineer and, uh, himself. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they antics ensue where basically they get to know one another, as well as Paul is introduced to her lifestyle. And uh, we learn, we learn, we learn as the film goes on, we learn um, more, more and more about uh, Holly, um, which is the character that Audrey Hepburn plays. Yes, and we learn more about her, and there's a cat. And that's <laughs> well. You're really making me want to watch this movie, or give you some money to. Make well, this as movie. I started this pitch, I just, I just realized that, like, I just realized what's wrong with the movie. And this <laughs> yeah. is kind of what I, which is probably not a good thing to do when you're trying to make a, when you're trying to pitch a movie to a producer. Like, wait a minute, there's a glaring let's flaw. Rip, let's rip the bandaid off. <laughs> seriously, let's let's get into this shit. Like, because seriously, like, I could, I honestly, what I wanted to say was like. Have you seen Streetcar Named Desire? Well, it's kind of a character like that, um, except there's no Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, like, honestly, like it's a, it's it's basically a character study on this woman. Um, you know, is I I can't I I can't spoil it. Like she, this that's why I'm pausing so much and I'm searching for a way to say this without spoiling the the whole point of the movie. But it's yeah, she's basically someone that just like is pretending to be someone she's not. And that's that's what it is. So the reason that it was hard to pitch was because there's nothing like that. That basically like spoils the whole film if I if I go at it at that angle. Mm. So 
at the start, and this is my, I, I was, it was very difficult for me to find find a way in to this movie, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, okay. It wasn't, un- it wasn't until like the second scene of the two main characters that I was like kind of on board. Oh, okay. So, despite the fact you start this with a criticism, you like this film? Yes. 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 What? What an astute quite, observation. Quite. You know what? I think I. I might do. Hmm. Yes. Oh. Oh. Good. Oh, very good. good. We very good. <laughs> well, let's talk a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, bye everyone. Thanks for watching. All right. Um. No. It was. Yeah. Dude. I. Yeah. I really like this film. I really like this film too. I had a. I had a really, really great time with it. Um, yeah, plot-wise, I think that's a good thing to mention. There is a story. It's about, like, you kind of work... Because there's a lot of mystery. I think this this film is like a mystery romance because you're trying to work out what Audrey Hepburn's, like, situation is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's... Yeah. Like, you know, you go into her apartment and it's like... It's, it's like classic girl trying to make it big in the big city. But, um, you know, she's, she's, she's tripping over herself and she's, you know, making radically different pieces of clothes and she... She's she's drinking a lot and she's partying a lot, but maybe she's doing something sinister. There is there is a subplot. There is a subplot Ooh. where like she maybe she's you know doing something illicit potentially. Maybe she's caught up in the wrong crowd. Yeah, she's just some shady shit, man. Yeah, maybe the glamour isn't always glamorous as it might be. <laughs> or maybe it's just you know she she just she she makes some acquaintances that are probably uh, on the wrong side of the tracks. If you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, they're. They're they're hanging up by the rang line. They're they're not good news. So, she uh she's <laughs> that was a deep cut for our Gold Coast listeners. Um, so that so yeah, look, Audrey Hepburn. Maybe we should start with her. What do you think of her performance as Holly? Oh, it's great. You can see why it's so iconic and why she's considered one of the great actresses. That sounded really that's, sarcastic. That's what I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a funny mood today. I feel like I've <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just in like a troll mood today. Like. <laughs> oh, I've I, it's too many shaggy memes, dude. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it gets me in the mood. You're just like as you're watching Breakfast at Tiffany's, you're like, it needs more shaggy memes. Like, what if like could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine if like Shaggy from Scooby Doo rocked up in the middle of this film? Like she's just like drinking her apartment, and then like climbing through the window is like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, and he's like yoinks, <laughs> and and she's like, who are you? And she's and he's like. I've actually, you know what? I feel like her character and Shaggy would get along extremely well. I feel like, like they would, like she would hundred percent eat some weird ass Scooby snack. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, for you know sure, I mean? yeah. for sure. Like I don't know. I th- I thought okay. I mean, yeah. With Audrey, okay. I'm gonna go pros and cons. Pros, she. Every she, every scene she's in, she looks iconic. Like every like every outfit that she wears, like the famous black dress, all that kind of stuff. Like she looks phenomenal. You know, like like she looks like a super supermodel, like one of the best dressed women ever. Just, you know, and and she's a very attractive woman, Brandon. I do know. I was like the whole film, like you were very very attractive. I enjoy watching this movie with you in it. I... Were you saying that? Were you saying that out? Were you saying that out loud as you were watching the film? I actually, like actually, pause actually, pa- no, the- I actually paused the film, ran to my window, and actually screamed it to the heavens, just like Audrey Hepburn's so hot. And then my neighbors were like, "Cool," and I'm like, "Thank you." And then I went back to the movie. <laughs> they were like, "Cool." Yeah, cool, cool, cool. But no, <laughs> like she's she's very, very what, attractive. What a story! <laughs> yeah, she's very, very attractive. She wears some very peculiar things in this movie, and but she still somehow makes it work. Yeah, she makes every outfit work. She's a gorgeous human being. Like, oh, 
it's 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 beyond comprehension sometimes. It really is. Like, like there's one point where she wears like an orange bathrobe, and yet she somehow looks like stunning in it. She looks so goddamn attractive, and you're just like, wow, okay, <laughs> good, sure, good, good, good on you, Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> but like, what I think, um, I was just gonna say, in in, in saying that, in saying that with Audrey though. There are some weird things going on with her. Do you think she was airbrushed this movie? Like, 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 literally, like, because there were shots in this film where she'd be talking to Paul, and like Paul was in focus, but then the camera like cuts back to her, and the whole the whole shot's a little bit blurry. And I was wondering if they literally blurred her out to make her look fainter and make her, you know, skin better. I'm, I'm alleging that. Did you? Did you? Not, did you see something like I'm, that? I'm not sure. Well, to be to be fair to me, I didn't watch this on a television for starters. I didn't watch this oh, on true. a big enough screen to really notice this. You watched this on your iPod Nano. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were a thing. They were a That's, thing, weren't they? God, this is this episode's just been a blast from the past, <laughs> hasn't it? Well, I guess. Did you really watch movies on your iPod Nano back in the day? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I know that that was possible, but mm. I don't think I didn't own an iPod Nano. Oh wow! The first iPod I owned was an iPod Touch. So oh wow, that, that's how long it took me. I I had an MP3 player. Oh bless, like the like I had a I had a little brick of an MP3 player that like had like half the song's title because that that's all it could fit into oh. like, the fucking tiny little little digital little screen there. You know, so that's what you watch Breakfast at Tiffany's on. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, it's like an eight bit version of Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's like pixelated Audrey Hepburn, just like whoop. <laughs> I had. I had the most random. This is this is a total tangent. Okay. Um, I had like the most random taste in music, and for some reason, bringing up that MP3, like the song I would always listen to, like on that MP3, and it always kind of like make me weirdly emotional as a child. <laughs> was I did like you know the song, and I can't even like I don't even know the na- like I don't know the name of this song. Oh wow! It's, it's an iconic song. I'm just gonna sing the start of it, and okay. I'm gonna try and do my best impression. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this photograph. Every time I look, it makes me laugh. You know that song? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's so weird. What is that song? What what song is oh, it? Oh wait, no. Photograph. Da, 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 make me laugh. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like yes. a, it's like a Nickelback My song. Eyes get so weird. When I look at on Jory's head. No, I that swear one. it's a Nickelback yeah. song, which makes it even funnier that you loved it back in the day. I swear it's Nickelback. Dude. And it would make me weirdly emotional. Look at this like, yeah, photograph. Look at the- yeah, it's a meme. It's a meme. Look at that. Like- <laughs> <laughs> we it back. Look at that photograph. Yeah, every time I look, it makes me laugh. Do you just like scroll through your... Do you, on Joey's head? <laughs> do, you, do you scroll through your Insta feed and you're just like, look at this photograph. <laughs> no, you see a shaggy meme in, your, meme in your feed and you're just like, look at this photograph. <laughs> just have it on repeat every time you open up your feed. Oh my God. This uh, is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holy but, shit. But Audrey Hepburn, uh, she's she's a bit of a gold digger. She um, there's no denying it. She she blatantly <laughs> convinces men to come back with her. She, I'm gonna try keep this episode on track. <laughs> Someone's got yeah, to yeah, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Brenton is gonna try his hardest this episode just to derail it at every point possible. <laughs> like that's his goal. Uh, but um, no, you know she's a bit of a gold digger. You know she you see her bring some men back, and you know she's she's got questionable motives, as does Paul, by the way. But um. But yeah, I she's still pretty cool. She's a cool chick, you know. She she holds a glass and cigarette in one hand. She she has she she grins quite a lot. She loves having her eyes wide open. She she looks as though she's always on something. But uh, she's still fun to hang out with. I reckon she'd be a fun person to hang out with. This character, this Holly. I reckon, oh, for yeah. sure. 
She's the kind of person you do want to party with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What did you think of... So, I I find Audrey Captain like, captivating. Like, she looks fantastic. She's great fun to spend with. I thought she did an amazing job. She should have won Best Actress for Oscar. Like, great job. What do you think of Paul? I love Paul. Okay, okay. This is the point I was going to bring up before. I love Paul because I think... I think Paul is obviously... He's the straight man in this... In this, like, in the... The structure of this film, mm. he is like our eyes into this world. Yes, you know he's Toby Maguire, <laughs> fucking the Great Gatsby. <laughs> or what? That You're bringing that up because be. I deliberately that, caught, said <laughs> I didn't like that about Great Gatsby. <laughs> hey, uh, Toby needs Toby needs his uh his fee too. He needs to make 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 the dollar do his, his, his Spider Man money ran out. <laughs> He did Spider Man three, and he wasn't ex- he, and he was he was he was counting on Spider Man four, man. Have you like, seen that? Have you seen that happen. interview he's done where they interviewed him about Spider Man four a couple of days before it got canned? Yeah, dude, and he's got some stubble going. Like, yeah. He looks like he's been in the gutter for. Like, <laughs> and and like and he's so ready and he's so ready to film <laughs> Spider Man four. Like he looks as though he needs like the money so bad. And they're like, oh, to- <laughs> and they're like. <laughs> Like, he literally crawls out of a gutter. He's like, I was pretending to be a spider. I was, like, full on, like, Stanislavski, like, method acting it. And they're like, Toby Maguire, Spider-Man. Literally, you've been a spider for the past year. What, what do you think of the Spider-Man 4 that's coming together? And he's like, oh, you know, we've got a great plan for it. You know, Sam's got a great script. You know, it's going to be great. And they're like, cool, 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 cool. And then, like, the video hard cuts to, like, the next headline from, like, Variety saying, Spider-Man 4 cancelled. And then, I want someone to recreate the Hello Darkness, My Old Friend video, but with with, with Toby Maguire. I mean, like, look, Ben Affleck became a meme, but, like, Toby did it first, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> he looks like he's been pulled out of the, out of a garbage bin and put on the stand. He's like, my like like my life's fucked now. Like, oh, speaking of Toby Maguire being a meme, I love that my favorite meme of Toby Maguire is him when he's crying from the Spider Man movies. Of course it is. You like you can't beat that. He cries it's, so much. Could you imagine Tom Holland it, crying like Toby Maguire in these movies? It's it's the way he cries. Like, so, I mean, like, Spider-Man 1, sure, you get it. Uncle Ben's dead. Like, you know, it's he's an ugly crier, too. So, it's like, but he's oh, emotional. He's such a he's good crier. He, he, so, he cries, and you, it's it's a it's an emotional moment in the first movie. <laughs> kind of funny when you watch it, you know, if you have a glass of wine and you watch that scene. Like, sure, it's fun, <laughs> Or a but, bottle. You know, or a cask. But, but he, <laughs> speaking of which, Uncle Ben looks like he drank the carton, but let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just want to drop that he's in there. F- he's his face is so fucking red, dude. It's like crazy. Are you saying when he gets <laughs> um, shot, or just like him in general? Just like no, just in general, just in general. I realized that that was kind of a, a bad joke to make. Do you reckon like Aunt he... May when Toby gets home, she's like packing away all the bottles that he had like left over. She's like, quite be needing these now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know when Spider Man Two when they're packing the house and she's like <laughs> brought over, brought over their kid. And it's like she's he's going through old comic books and Ben's like fucking like seller. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like bottles and bottles of booze and she's like, and she's like you know oh what I'm glad God. we can finally talk about Ben's problem now that he's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then okay, so what was my point? I was making you were about talking about you. I don't know. Okay, he's crying. <laughs> yes. He's crying because I have to get so and then number two happens and he has the crying's not as much and he has some emotional moments that are kind of you know. They're a bit, they're a bit like you know, they're a bit more understated. Like he has that great scene with Aunt May, like in the kitchen where he says, "I did it," and she's all like, "Well, what the fuck? I have to like leave the room." Which is like <laughs> when I watched that as a kid, like knives in the heart. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Um, and then we go into the garage scene where we really find out about Ben's drinking problem. But then in <laughs> Spider-Man Three, <laughs> we 
we then have the scene where Harry Osborn dies, and I think oh. like for some reason, like the like like whatever thread of like that was left of Peter Parker's sanity just just clips, and at least that's what I think Tobin Morgai is going for. You hope. because his face becomes he he turns into a beetroot before our eyes. <laughs> Oh my god, he goes but so red! Like, like, <laughs> but one, one that's been like thrown on the floor and pounded a couple <laughs> times, like that's kind of squished in half, and he just starts. <laughs> yeah, he just starts like spitting and splurting. He's like, <laughs> and like, and like that's the lot. That's great because like MJ is the there real- as well, and Kristen Dunst is just looking yeah. at him like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing with my life?" And then poor Harry, poor Harry Osborn. That's the last thing he fucking sees. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like he like he just like he like grabs the goblin guider and just like puts it into himself a little bit harder. She's like, "Oh god, end it!" Like I can't stand this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's like because like, Harry is the one that's dying, and yet Toby is the one that's going through more pain on his face. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you know what I want to see? Like, I want to see a crying competition between Spider-Man, Toby Maguire, and Dark Knight Rises, Alfred, and they're both just standing in a graveyard, just trying to outcry each other. <laughs> like Toby was like, and then Alfred's like, I, 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 and he's like, and he's like, I failed. <laughs> Uncle Ben, you, tr- you, 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 you trusted me, and I failed you. <laughs> like that's like honestly, in the land of superheroes and that stuff, that's the real crossover we want. Oh, I'd be so funny. They're just like like the sequel to Spider Man Three and Batman Three is just Alfred and Tobey Maguire just going to a bar, and they're both just really. And you find out then that the DC and Marvel universe is crossover, and they're both just crying in a bar, <laughs> and then and then yeah. <laughs> And Toby's like, I can't do this anymore. And then Alfred's like, it's okay. I failed the Wayne family, but I won't fail the Parker family. No, no. He goes, um, well, wait, he says, he says, Alfred, Alfred, is there, is there still hope for me to recover? Is there still, (laughs) is there still hope for me to recover from this, like, for my career to, to like, you know, to continue after this flop? And then Alfred just turns to him and gives him a wide little, a wry little wink. And he says... Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, why do we fall again? To pick ourselves back up. <laughs> and Toby's like, you reckon? And then Alfred's like, no, 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 not you. Only Bruce Wayne. Only Bruce Wayne. Only Christian Bale. Only Christian Bale. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, Paul. So Paul. Paul um, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Look, I find I, I, I f- like the character. Like I really. I find him boring. I think because I think because no, but because I think. I think the film is his story. Like, it's not... It's bloody not Holly's. It's his story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and he is like the protagonist. She's like the, she, she's like the Jack Sparrow, and he's like the Orlando Bloom. No. I ugh. Like, I really like the character, and I like his arc in the film. Mm. And I specifically, I love the... I really love the whole last scene of this movie. Yeah, the last and scene is what sells it to moment. me, but we'll do that in spoilers. But I agree. Like, th- I think this movie's yeah. a great movie throughout. I don't think it has any weak points. Like there was, I didn't find a lull in the movie at any point where I was like, "Oh come on, fast forward." But like, yeah, that last scene like makes this movie go from a great movie to an excellent movie. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Although, although speaking of, but but with Paul though, I do want to note, I do find it weird that she calls him after her brother. You know what I mean? Is that a little bit creepy? Yeah, it's like because like because there's obviously sexual tension there, and yet she decides to name him after her brother. I'm like. Mm, you're sexually attracted to a man you're calling after your brother. That's not really nice, is it? That's not correct. 
Well, honestly, for him, like from his perspective, like that's like the ultimate friend zone move. You know what I mean? Oh, like, so much. And you think like he probably is going to be friend zone the whole film, like she doesn't really make that much advances. He, well, he basically is like the whole movie. She just kind of strings him along. Yeah. The um, oh, that friend zoning woman. What a bitch. <laughs> I know. But you know what? He does it too to this other girl. Like, yeah. what did you think of his decorating friend? I say decorating with the biggest air quotes. What do you think of that woman? Oh, see, this is what I mean. Like again. Okay, here we go. Brenton's going to say he's number one quote in classic movie banter. It's complicated, man. Oh, here we like, go. But I it like, is. You're right. I like it. I like it that they, like, he, that he, this this guy has that. It's like, it's interesting for his character. It's, um, so, wait, again, so back up. What was that? Because I didn't get that, I didn't get that relationship. I might be dumb, but was she a prostitute? Was she, what, who was she? What was going on there? No, what was the nature I of that relationship? He, I think he. I think he was the prostitute. I think that oh. she was paying him for for his company because she was an older oh. lady and obviously hadn't found... So he and Audrey do similar work. Exactly, yeah. And and so he... I, I think he generally does it for the money. Like, he's a writer, he's not... He does it for that cash and money. Yeah, and it's and it's and to live the lifestyle, I think as well, and to like which which is interesting because I think that's like that's kind of their connection mm. in a way. Obviously, he is more. He's got more of a uh, a moral compass than uh, Holly does. Yeah, and it's good because the whole film you're watching him try and make a, a be a better person and that kind of stuff. So yeah, like... and and also, but at the same time. I know I called her a bitch before, <laughs> and you know I probably stand by that. But at the same time, he's a bit of a bitch too for staying in that situation when he probably should leave for his own benefit. Oh yeah, he's an intelligent man. Like he should, he should have seen what was coming. Like he should have walked away. But uh, I think he does, and he chooses to stay. Yeah, because um, he's mad. Well, once we get to spoilers, we'll say how that works out. But you know, you hope it works out for him because you're like, mm. dude, you're gonna fuck up your life if this doesn't. Turn around quickly. It's true. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Did you um with, with which I I think that's I think it's a really in, I just want to say, but I think that's a really interesting relationship then between just discussing all around that between those characters, mm. but specifically between the two main ones. I think that just creates so much tension and drama, and actually something that's quite relatable. Like I don't know. Yeah, because like, they're both they both flawed really, and they both share similar flaws, but they can't admit that to each other. Yes, and there's something in that that I think that's why. This is so iconic. Um, because I was mm. sitting there and I was relating to it and I was like, holy shit, like this movie came out in 61 and I'm really relating to this and to this relationship. Yeah, nearly 70 um, years later, like the relationship holds it yeah. up. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, what doesn't hold up and what doesn't, the most egregious thing in this entire film, quite openly. Is- ha, ha, ha. Like, what a, what a transition like, and a setup like the, for our good... <laughs> like, this film is so wonderful, but in this beautiful cake, someone decided to to use shit as the icing, and they spread it across the whole cake, so you have to eat this cake no, with no, this no. shit icing. No, it's not even shit icing. It's that someone, like, carved out, like, the inside of the cake... Like a little, like a little, like hole, like from underneath, and then they stuff the shit in, <laughs> and then put the bottom of the cake back on, and then you slice it, and so like every slice you have is like got, like the inside of the slice has got a piece of shit there. That's what it's like, and so like you eat the end of the cake and it's good, and then sometimes you just put your fork in and you get oh it's the shit, and then, <laughs> and then you have to like recover and then move on. Brenton, are you are you speaking from experience? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for listeners that don't know what this movie has, 
Audrey Hepburn, she has an Asian neighbour, a Japanese old man neighbour. No, a landlord. A landlord, pardon He's me. Not... A landlord. Uh, who, and slash neighbor, slash so neighbor, you, who who lets her in from time to time. He like he's probably in four or five scenes the whole movie, and it cuts to him every like twenty minutes or so. And he's the comic relief. And this Japanese man is played by very white actor Mick Rooney, who does probably one of the most racist things I've seen in cinema. <laughs> okay, no, it's not. It's not that you know. It's not the fact that he's playing. He's a white. It's the fact that he's white playing a, a an Asian person. Isn't even the most racist thing about it. Oh, no, no. It's the actually, whitewashing is, is the undercurrent to this fucking tidal wave that, like, knocks over this it, building of a film. It's his performance. It's it's so horrendous. It's, it's so like bad. The, it's like, it's literally like the, what's it called from Treasure Island? The Black Spot. It's like, <laughs> it's it's on you when you watch this and you, you know, they're cu- those pirates are coming for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, just it's, he's just like, he just talks just so stereotypical. It's not even stereotypical because, like, Dude, like it's even, not character- even the talking, he, it's like the look, like the like the buck teeth, the the the, the deliberately cut eyes, like he like the pointing, the like the the tone of voice, like all of it. It's just so offensive. Walking into doors that are clearly, yeah, it's like weirdly slapstick, and it's like, yeah, I just I don't understand it. But that's not even the worst thing. This is the worst thing about the, about it. Is that the worst thing about this is that if you cut all of that content from this film, one, nothing would be removed from the actual plot or storyline. Very or correct. That actually matters. And two, it could be so easily done and removed. Mm. And then this film would have like, like the biggest black dot, like the biggest shit in the cake would just be removed. And it's so, it's so possible. You know, I don't know why, because exactly, you're so right. Oh, he just, doesn't need to be in the movie. He's comic relief for the sake of it. And like, I mean, she kind of needs him to get into the building. So, but it's like, not even comic relief. But it's it's not even comic relief, dude. It's like racist no. relief. It's like, it, racist. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's what the writer's like. We don't need comic relief in this it's, story. We need racist relief. <laughs> it's like God. Like, oh gosh, what can we do? Like, well, should we make people laugh? Have a comic character? No, no. We, we let's not have that. Let's have the most racist thing. Not even on, in the history of film. Just in, like, you know... Just probably just in, like, in, in you know, some people's like, <laughs> personal history of seeing something that's just so abhorrently awful. That's it's so bad. Because I, I thought when you and I... I thought when you and I watched the James Bond film where Bond pretended to be Japanese, I thought that was the worst we were going to see of a white bloke being Japanese. Brenton, this podcast proved us wrong. <laughs> This won't be outdone. I, and I can say that for a fact. This will Yeah, not be no one could do worse than Mick Rooney. I... <laughs> but <laughs> at least in James Bond, he's a spy. So, Yeah, you know. like there's a narrative decision as to why he had to pretend to look Japanese. This is just like Mick Rooney just like being goofy as an old Japanese man. Like it's just... Oh, it's so bad. And like, and for a lot of people, this will turn you off the movie. I would say, like, especially for especially for Japanese viewers, like, I don't think they could. I, I don't think. Well, he they would take lightly to it. Well, what's interesting as well is that it's basically it's one of the first things you see in the film. It, yeah, it literally opens like it up because because the opening scene is her, you know, famously having breakfast at Tiffany's, which we'll talk about more in, in title talk. But she like it's a whole montage. There's like this like yes. there's like an old choir like for the music in the background. It's like. As like or the opening credits go through, and like you know, she rocked up to her apartment, and then Mickey Rooney just bursts in, and I'm like, oh no! I remember when I started the movie, I'm like, oh no, Mickey Rooney, fucking hell! But thankfully, he's not in it as much as you would think. Thankfully, yeah. 
but that's the only thing we can be thankful for. It really that's, is, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Like, I mean, Venom should have killed him over Harry. Like, <laughs> it's so true. So, uh, should we rate the movie, dude? Uh, yeah, like, let's 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 go. Uh, so, I'm going to give this a thumbs up, despite the the major flaws that we just said. Mm. Well, the major flaw. And uh, just, you know, the, 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 it just took a little while to get um, to get me in. Let's say. Yeah, to get you in, to get you hooked up. Um, so yeah, but it's a th- it's it's a thumbs up. It starts off it starts off a weaker than it finishes, but the finish, man, the ending is just powerful, powerful, so worth it for the ending. Um, yeah, I also give it a thumbs up. I think it's a great movie for a Thursday night. I think you'd have a great time with it. Um, perfect film if you have a partner. Perfect film if you love fashion. Perfect film if you. Um, want to go to New York and you want to see a great film about New York because there's not enough films about New York. So, yeah, thumbs up all the way. Damn. Damn. Nice, man. Well, now that we've spoken about that and we've had many tangents and finally got through the first one of the first sections of the show, let's talk about some spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. 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 Classic movie banter. Spoilers. spoilers. Good jingle. Um, I don't have a lot to talk about here. Oh, dude, I, um, I got a fuckload to talk about. So, so we ride this train for a while. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about though. The main thing I need to talk about is the actual real. What should have been the real uh, Oscar winning performance? <laughs> yes, for best leading feline <laughs> is the cat. Oh my goodness! Holy shit! Oh dude. my god! Some of the things this cat does in this film blows my mind. I've never been so moved by an animal performance. Neither have I. Neither have I. I I put it in my Instagram story <laughs> because I was so moved by it. I and I tagged you in it. Yes, I saw. <laughs> and I was like I was it was like right before we watched the episode and I'm like oh I was so shook because of that scene. And like, well, should we do you want to talk about the final scene? Let's just talk about that whole final scene now. Do you want to walk me through it? Dude, let's go. So we're in we're in the cab. Um <laughs> and we're heading to the airport. Because uh, Holly, uh, so she calls herself, yeah. is, uh, <laughs> is, is, um, is about to head to South America. Yeah, to, uh, to finally marry that the president to, of Brazil or whatever it is. It's not. It's not Brazil. It's a sm- it's much smaller country than that. I can't remember what country it is. But oh really? Oh okay. Pardon it's a country. Me. Okay. Is it Brazil? I thought it was Maybe Brazil. It I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's Brazil. I believe. I don't know. Let's just. He's the president. He's the president. She, yeah. She's, and it, yeah. And <laughs> and so she's going to marry him, and then she finds out that that uh, there was a uh, let's call it a note sent to her. Yeah, apartment. she finds it really awkwardly, like in a little scrawled note, just like <laughs> just like "fuck you, I don't want to marry you, bye." And she's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool, cheers." It's it's not it's not. Hey, that's a that was a well written breakup letter. That was actually. I'm actually going to copy and paste that for my next breakup. Like, <laughs> dude, it's a great letter, well written. Like, good good on that guy. Like. Great, great skills in terms of uh, <laughs> writing there. Um, maybe not sticking by his moral compass in the situation, but he's president, and like he says, he has uh, he has uh, uh, responsibilities to oblige, and he can't be affiliated with someone that has a criminal record. Yeah, uh, that, that might do him, wouldn't due it? Due to other things that happen in the film, uh, because she has affiliated herself with 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 the wrong crowd. Mm. Uh, so anyway, so we're in the taxi, and then she finds that out, and then she has a bit of a breakdown. And then Paul's there, just kind of like, yeah, that fucking sucks for you. But maybe let's now focus on you and getting you um, less messed up than you are at the moment and trying to, like, build yourself so you can have a happy life and move on and um, get yourself out of the shit that you are now clearly in. And then she responds with, nah, fuck it, I'm just going to leave anyway. 
um, and travel South America. And uh, can you tell me the five richest guys in South America, please? Because I'll probably hook up with them and try and get married that way. And he's like, yeah, here's the BuzzFeed article. Yeah, and then he's just like, I, I, um, I'm getting the fuck out of here now. And, uh, and finally stands up for himself a little more. Like, he does stand up for himself at other, at other points during the film, but he really stands up for himself and says, I can't put myself through this pain and the shit anymore, and I'm leaving. leaving. But the, the kicker that does it, that finishes it for him, he's not the first one to leave the cab because she kicks the cat out of the cab into the pouring rain into some gutter. Um, and she literally throws it. him and out of the vehicle, and this and this cat is like like lands in a puddle. I has to like suddenly run and like into the alleyway, and she's like shoot, and, and and she and also before she does it, she says like, oh, this looks like a dirty ass place where you probably belong, and then just ejects them. Like it is so cold. It is the most heartbreaking and saddening moment in cinema I think I've ever witnessed. Rip my heart in that moment. Like, because you don't see it coming. It comes out of nowhere. And, like, I I literally almost cried then and there because I I was so upset and so outraged. And what's worse is, is that... So then, then, like, basically we have this shot of the, the cab driving off. Hard cut to this cat that has its head resting on this little, like, little oh. gate area and just, scre- like, screaming, meowing in the rain, just looking around. Oh. And oh. it's just pouring rain onto it. It's, like, drenched. And then it just hard cuts back to the scene in the car and to Paul's reaction, he's like, duh. Fuck. He's like, and he. Uh. That's when he gets out, and he's like, "I'm fucking done. I'm gonna. I'm leaving." And then he gives her the ring that he got her, the engraved ring, and mm. then he fucks off after the cat and is looking for it. And then she obviously has a moment of going, "Oh shit, this is re- too real now." Oh, oh, re- oh, shoot! I finally, just threw out a cat. <laughs> she finally gets off her fucking high horse, gets out of the car, runs through that fucking rain. Finds that cat. I didn't think she was. I was so convinced that it would have just generally like been like killed or something. Like or- me, me too. Yeah, me too. I was like, the cat's gone. And then she finds that cat in the crate. Oh. And then she turns to him, and then you, he sees in her eyes that she is like willing to change and like actually just like be honest with herself for fucking five seconds. And they share a kiss, and the movie ends. And it's awesome. That's amazing. Also, as it's they kiss, so as good. they kiss, the cat is like smothered in between them, like awkwardly trying to breathe. <laughs> like, like. Oh my god! And that's right because the cat does the most amazing thing, and it was probably directed to do this. I imagine. I don't know how they got this cat to do it. It was probably with a rat or something that they were dangling behind the lens. But they are kissing, and it's this passionate kiss. And the cat's head is like jammed under, like under their chin area. Like. Yeah, it's like it's like it's struggling to breathe. <laughs> But it's facing the, it's facing, uh, it's looking away from the camera. So you see the back of its head, and then as on cue, in time, like obviously it's not in time with the music because there's no music. They added the music later, but um, it's not that amazing. Mm. But the cat's <laughs> head turns, it shoves its head head around so that they're still kissing, and it's turned its head so it's facing and looking like directly past the camera, mm. and it's the most perfect. It's like the most amazing perfect oh. shot you could ask for perfectly choreographed and one of the things that the only thing that's really choreographed in the scene is the cat's head turning turning around which is an animal so i do not know why out of this film the iconic image is audrey hepburn in the black dress because it should have been the cat it should have been the cat should have been that cat in the rain it's like it's but even like look the cat even in the party scene is incredible like 
the fact that it jumps off a shelf onto some random guy's shoulder. Oh yeah, and then just hangs there for a while. It's amazing. It's so and good. And like some of the shit this cat does in the movie is just is, is cra- like <laughs> he, he's the highlight the of the MVP. film, isn't he? Like <laughs> it would blow my mind. Like seriously, like what a performance. Oh, it's so good. He gives Jimmy the Crow a run for his money. Frankly, like what a what a cat, what a cat indeed. Like I, speaking of that party, I I I really like that scene as well. Like I thought that was great where you see all the different characters get introduced and they all kind of like you see the different dynamics of the world Audrey's trying to like manipulate. I want to know in that party what drugs the woman is on who's looking into the mirror. You know, there's like one woman who's just oh man, and she's just like crying her eyes out. I want to like what I want to know what happened there. I'm like that's a whole thing, like yeah, and like and the party ends in a great way too because like the 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 oh yes the, the police the police come the police. and yeah, like yeah. there's a great moment. One of my favorite moments in this movie is when Paul and the um South American guy they both like climb out the window and they give each other like a little handshake as they do it. Like they both look at each other, have a quick three second shake of the hand, and then just like both like run off in different directions. Well. That that's not even the most perfect thing in that scene. So Paul looks out the window, looks. Oh the yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously to obviously to look for uh, Holly, and then she just like acts like it's not even her place or anything, and just gestures to the place and says, "Oh yeah, the party's up there. Please storm raid the raid the apartment." And knowing that they're about to come up, Paul goes, "Oh shit, the president of Brazil, let's call it, is here." So he he um he goes and finds him in the party. Taps him on the shoulder and says, "Yo, we need to get the fuck out of here." They go out the bathroom window. There's a window behind the shower, yeah, which is like the most random. Like, and like, and her agent is like weirdly making out a neck. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they climb out the window. They're on the um. That's so true. Why the is there a window there? That's so random. I didn't even think about that. Don't plot hole. That that that's one of the little plot holes in the movie that you just think and you go. That was that window was clearly there, put there for the gag, but mm. um, or maybe not. Maybe in the sixties there was a bit more freer, and they just had windows in the showers, and people were just cool with uh, strangers, just you know, yeah, having a having a squeeze at what you. It was the sixties, um, man. It was a time for free love. <laughs> any anywho, so they escape onto the fire escape. Um, funny that, and uh, they <laughs> the Paul's going back up to his apartment, and uh, the president's going down, and like they go to go, they like they go to separate, and then they just oh. Let's acknowledge this moment. Thank you for saving me, and thank you for being the president. And it's such like a bro hands. moment. Like it's great. I love it so much. I just I thought what a highlight of the film. I just I was a big old fan. Yeah, you know what? I also love like the 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 meeting scene because like because I I was I was shocked at the time when he didn't end up using the phone because he comes to the apartment saying, "Hey, can I use your phone?" He never ends up making the phone call, which made me think, was he just keen on her from the start? I'm like. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Because um, I could see because when because okay, so when because the whole film you learn that she's like you know leading men on then like abandons him and, like, and as soon as you learn this you're like dude she's gonna do the same shit to him like you could see it a mile away before she finally does it. I I will say this though in his defense like maybe the the thing is is that he goes to make the phone call but okay mm. let's say you're in his shoes. Oh, I'd love to be in his shoes. <laughs> If you're not necessarily Holly, but you go into someone, and you know this applies to anyone, any gender, anything. But you go in and you see someone that you were just like intoxicated with, like in the first like three, like two minutes. Mm. It's like I'm not making the phone call to I don't know my mum or <laughs> <laughs> who who knows. Like I'm just not going to invest myself in the things I want to invest my my myself into. And so I think it's more that maybe. 
mm. than that he was like keen on her from like the two seconds. I think it's more than that. Yeah, I think it's as yeah. He's just and maybe he's just it's not even life. that. Maybe it's maybe it's like an it's just an, it's uh, maybe it's not even. I mean, it probably is, but it couldn't. It might not even be sexual yet at that stage. But it's it's like he's so intrigued by it, you know. Mm. I can see. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. I'd like. I know. I do. I do, I do believe that. Like he's an, he's, an, he's an intelligent man, though. Like he's a writer. Like although I must he say, is. with he with is, him yeah. with them as a writer, I thought his book had a shit cover. When he whipped out his book, and it was just like a fucking red stripe, <laughs> and it said Nine Lives. I'm like, you're a shit. That's a shit cover. Whoever you got to design that, like, like buddy, come on, do better, do better. I love it though when they get his book from the library, and he like scribbles in it, and the librarian's like about to like, explode, like in the middle of the library, and he like and he like writes this thing. <laughs> I really want to know what he wrote in the book. Like, like what the actor wrote. If he just like drew some like dick or something like that, or like <laughs> just I want I want I want to find the copy on like a props list. Sure. Uh, yeah. Do you did you enjoy Brenton? Did you enjoy that this film was a blatant ad for Tiffany's? I did, and um, and it was, and I enjoyed it, and yeah. Like, there's a whole sequence where they just go to Tiffany's, and they're like, "Man, how great is the store, Tiffany's?" <laughs> and and then they're just like walking around, going, "Oh, Tiffany's has such good merchandise. Oh, if only we could afford Tiffany's. Oh, wait, Tiffany's does good cheap stuff. Well priced Tiffany's. We should get some Tiffany's. You know what I mean?" <laughs> Like yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah. I mean, sure, why not? Why not? Why not? What do you like, say? Yeah. Tiffany's isn't great. No, but you know what? I did love that guy <laughs> who. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I know. In real life, you know, in real life, I see a lot of people take photos outside Tiffany's and like they like eating food, and I'm like, oh, it's probably a homage to the movie, or maybe they're just hungry. Who knows? But um, I, I don't know. Tell you what, though, I did love. I did love the shopkeeper at Tiffany's. I love it when she says to him, um, like, oh. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to cause any offense, but you know, I'm not really a big fan of diamonds. And the guy gives her the most like angry, triggered look I think I've ever seen in my life. Like he looks as though he's about it's to like, great, isn't it? I thought he was about to like kick them out of the store because when she said she didn't like diamonds, he's like, "Um, you fucking what?" <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny. It's so great. It's um, so good. Um, I also love the scene where the pot explodes in her kitchen because when because she's cooking and that thing goes off like a nuke. Do you remember this? This is like yes, dude. It's like two thirds through the film, like 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 Paul's like coming in to see how she's going. She's like, oh, you know, I'm Audrey Hepburn. I'm just trying to cook and you know get by in the city. Ha ha. My my couch is a bathtub, and she's like, I'm gonna cook this food. And the next minute, like the pot explodes, but it's like a three meter jet of just like food that like plummets to the roof. Dude, it's. And I reckon it's like um. It's like a fucking mushroom cloud, you know what I mean? Insane. <laughs> it would just be so funny if the cat was sitting on the lid at the time and then just suddenly the cat goes flying. <laughs> Holy shit. No, that'd, that'd be, be so a horror great. movie. Did you think also when she was holding the cat early on in the film that she was going to put the cat in the fridge? You know, she opens the fridge holding the cat. Yeah, you kind of had that moment of like, I was like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like the last scene I just wanted to talk about was actually the last scene between uh, when, when Paul... Um, ends his relationship with his uh, other lady friend. Yes. Um, I thought that was a really strong scene as well. Um, yeah, and actually in all seriousness, it was a great scene. It was scene. very well written, very well acted. Yeah, it was awesome. And like when she gives him that check, like like the $1,000 like check. Yeah, because like, you see him freak out over 50 bucks, so you understand what $1,000 means to him. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, and she's like, what? Did, what's the line she says um, to him at that point? She says she's bae like, at one uh, point. I'm like, I didn't even know people in the 60s say bae, because I thought it was like a new word. <laughs> she's like, oh, you and bae, tell you what, have a week off. You go see bae and, you know, do do your time, then you'll come back. And he's like, nah. 
Yeah, it's a strong scene. It's really good. Um, but yeah, that was my last kind of scene to talk about in spoilers. Do you have anything else no, you want to add? I'm I'm ready to tell you, Brenton, how they made this movie. How did how did they make this making movies? Yeah, how did they make this movie? Okie dokie. So I'm gonna uh, open this up, and uh, I'm gonna say, you know, okay. In the party, you know how she wore a bedsheet for the party because she's like, "Oh, whoops! I'm just I'm wearing a bedsheet. I'm, I'm so fashionable. I'm I'm Audrey Hepburn." The reason she did that is because um there was actually a previous scene that got cut in the movie where um it showed that um Holly was being forced to improvise after having a bath. So like she like she like managed to like ruin everything in her wardrobe. She's like, "Shit! All I have is now this like bloody bedsheet." And she's like, "It's alright. I'll have a party in it. It's okay." So that's why she wears some of those things. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So uh, director Blake Edwards really wanted an authentic feel to Holly uh, Holly's party scene. Okay. He ordered real champagne and let the actors come up with their own visual gags for the shoot. Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> that's amazing. Because there are some actors who pull some weird as fuck faces in those scenes. Like, like the extras are really going for it. Like they're, they're, they're having a good time. That's so funny they got drunk. That's so funny. Dude, they're going nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um also fun fact, you know the um the decorating chick, so that that woman. Do you know that she is she, in real life, she's the wife of Roald Dahl? Are you serious? That's really interesting. That's a real thing. She she was and she was the one the, Really? Yeah, she was made a whole to Roald Dahl for like 30 whatever years, like like their whole lives. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I know. I was like that really fascinating when I looked her up. I'm like, who is this woman? And I'm like, oh, wait, that's so cool. She's married to Roald Dahl. What a power couple. It makes me think, oh, because it's funny because she's sleeping with a writer. So that makes me like to think that Truman Capote based this guy off Roald Dahl. <laughs> it's just sure, like, yeah. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Maybe. Um, You got something else? Uh, Yeah, I do. Um, Fred's sexuality. Ooh. So the character of Fred was gay. But because of the Hayes Code guidelines designed to censor productions for morality, his sexuality couldn't be referred to in this movie. Which ah. is interesting because there seems to be a whole, like... like Yeah, we never talk about the brother, how he ends up being dead and all that. No, like... But we never learn, like, everything about him in the no. sense of, like, you feel that there's something missing. And so it's not surprising to hear that. Yeah. But I don't understand how him being homosexual would have changed anything, like, frankly, like, no, with the story. No, I don't think... I don't think... I don't think it's that, but I think it's given the time that this is written in, it does add something, like, if that makes sense. It's not It's mm. not that he's necessarily his sexuality. It's, like, at the time. And so, like, the way that people... So when that's, like, discussed, there'd be certain... I don't know, there'd be an interesting dialogue to have with, like, those two characters about this brother, mm. because obviously she would know something about him that, like, the audience and, um, and and Paul doesn't. And so, like, I think that there's room in there for something more interesting to unfold, if that makes sense. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's a shame. Yeah, what a shame. It is un- it is a shame. Uh, yeah, I wish... Wish we saw more of Fred. It'd be funny if, like, Fred rocked up and that also was played by the same guy. Just as, like, a fun little, like, like, like you know, twins moment. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> sure. It's like they're, like, long-lost twins. It actually, it's like a prequel to the twins film that we reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, With the opening God. scene, there's a fun fact I have on that. Um, Apparently, it was really difficult to shoot that opening scene where she's actually having breakfast at Tiffany's because... um. 
there was obviously crowd control because they did that at the real Tiffany's in New York. Um, Audrey Hepburn didn't actually like pastries, so she didn't actually like the things she was eating for breakfast. So she had to she had to really actually pretend that she loved it. But then also, there was an accident that nearly resulted in the electrocution of a crew member during that scene. Really? Holy shit! Yeah, I know. So it was it was a bit of a hassle to organize, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Someone nearly died. So, it was worth but, it. But hey, she's she's a Tiffany's. Now, Brenton. <laughs> now, Brenton, the most important thing I want to talk about this episode is is we're, we're bringing back another segment. We started it with Jimmy the Crow, and that's Animals of the Podcast. I want to talk to you about Orangey the Cat. Sure. Sure. Let's talk about him. So, Orangey the Cat. So, after seeing his iconic performance in this film, I did a little bit of digging, Brent, and I did some research, and I'm like, who is this cat, this prolific member of cinema? I want to know if he has a body of work, if, like, what's his deal? How did this cat come about? And turns out, Brenton, he was a prolific animal actor in the 50s and 60s, and he has, and he is known to be the only cat ever to win two Patsy Awards, Brenton. Now, you may be asking yourself, what's a Patsy? I'm glad you did, Brenton. It stands for the Picture Animal Top Star of the Year and is known as the Animals Versions of the Oscars. Wow. This is a real thing. But you thing. can see why he won. You like, can To be see. honest. Like, you can see why, why he's won, like, twice. It's, it's pretty amazing. He did it for the film um, Rhubarb, which I don't know. It's about a cat. Oh, wait. So, Rhubarb is the film where a cat inherits a fortune. This is a movie that exists. And and the second one was for this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where he was credited as the film cat. Okay, I really want to know what the film Rhubarb is about now from 1951. That sounds fantastic. Especially now that we know Orangey the Cat was the main star. But anyway, so um, he was he's also been credited as the cat in the 1950 film, 1959 film adaptation of The Diary of Anne Frank. God. He's, he's crazy. He's, he's, op- he's acted opposite Anne Frank. Uh, and he was also credited as the family pet in the 1957 film *The Incredible Shrinking Man*, in which he is mistakenly assumed to be to have eaten the title character. So he gets around, Orangey. <laughs> he's been around. Um, apparently, though, he's he's a he's a he's an experienced cat. Let's say that he knows what he he knows how to do the job. He's pretty great. Although, despite these amazing performances, um, according to. Um, you know, according to his owner, he was a real New York type of cat and he was known as the world's meanest cat. So the studio executive said that he often scratched and bit actors. and th- But that his redeeming... F- Holy shit. I know, I know. So he was a bit of a diva, you know, with this cat. But his, but he had such a prolific career because he had this ability to stay still for several hours. Um, although there were a couple incidents where they where he would just randomly run away, the cat would flee, and they'd have to shut down production so that everyone on the crew could try and find him. So eventually, they hired guard dogs oh to God. stand near the entrance of the studios. This is a real thing that happened. They had guard dogs that they paid oh to make sure the what? cat didn't escape. <laughs> this is a real thing. Orangey, you legend. Cinema. Why was he hired? I mean, like it's because he could get that last shot, man. It's like. It 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 was that last shot. 
Holy oh. shit. And it was like the party scene, dude, like an amazing cat, but you know, he, he knew that he was in demand and he could get away with this diva bullshit, you know what I mean? I just love that out there, like you say, oh, well, like so there's someone whose job, so, like you say, oh, what do you do for a living? And say, oh, my job is to make sure a cat doesn't run away on fucking set <laughs> and I have to stand by these dogs and make sure <laughs> this actor cat doesn't get let loose. It's like, like, at what point do you go, how did my life lead me to this, That where this is my profession? You know what I mean? I mean, it's a pretty awesome job when you think about it. It's like cat cat wrangler, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> the cat hunter, like that's that's what he does mostly. Oh, I love it. So, so hey, let's look at this film's poster. Okay. <laughs> so here we are, Breakfast Ooh. at Tiffany's. Uh, Brendan, what do you think of this poster? Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, so the main image is obviously of Audrey Hepburn with Orangey, and that's great. That's that's awesome. I'm glad Orangey is on the poster. That's a plus. That's a plus. I don't understand here on the right that they've picked the right scene, like of them in the rain with the kiss, and you know they've got some weirdly multicolored buildings in the background. Yeah. I don't get why that is placed so far to the right. There's a big space of white here that's just dying for something. Also, like it kind of spoils the movie. It really spoils that they get oh, who together. Cares? Like this, like there's other there's other posters that like spoil shit as well. I don't think that's the worst thing. You're like ah, oh, it was the sixties. Who cares? <laughs> like in the sixties, they used to like tell you what happened in the movie, like in the trailer. Like, oh, they tell you I everything. love those old trailers where it literally says the whole plot. Oh, it's wonderful. It's great because that's when people only used to watch trailers like right before a movie, and you'd only ever see a trailer once. You probably even didn't remember what you saw. I don't know if I've said. I think I have said this on the podcast before, but you know, I wish it was kind of like that now. Same. Like I just, I want. I don't give a shit about this whole spoiler culture we have, where everyone's so scared that you can't have a conversation about something. Because you're scared you're going to spoil something. Guess what? It shouldn't matter Snape what... Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, shit. Nathan. Books are a different story. No, <laughs> yeah. um, No, but, like, we should be able to, like, have discussion and things around film without worrying about someone's enjoyment of something. Because, like, honestly, if you can't enjoy something because you know a plot point in, in, in any piece of fiction, obviously it's not being executed well enough for you to, like, actually give a shit about it in the first place. It's true. It's all about execution... Not about, you know, some shock horror thing that's just thrown in. So you have like half a second of, oh shit, that happened. And then you forget about it because it wasn't that great. Anyway, that's my attention <laughs> done. That's, that's all done. So look, if they'd moved that, this part into the left, I feel like it wouldn't be bad. I don't like I mean? that white space. I don't like the poster. Like, I think, like, I think what it should have been was like, I like the Audrey Hepburn in the black dress. Yes, that's iconic. Like, they should have definitely kept that. But like, it should have probably had like just the store of Tiffany's in the background or like it could have been her in her apartment or maybe like she's, she's, I don't know. She's running around town with all these different men or she's in prison interviewing the guy, like literally anything else. Like, you know what I mean? I do, I just, I like it. I think, I think keep it simple. I think what they've got there is right. Move that to the left. Get rid of this weird multicolored border they have going on. Get rid of that. Yeah. Not a fan. Like, that's a bit tacky. Get rid of that. And then I feel like it'd be all right. Also, I don't like how breakfast at Tiffany's is in pink with the stupid ring of air and the tea. Yeah. Bad font. That's a bit lame. Yeah. Yeah. Also, bad font in the actual film as well. Like, I'll just... Yeah. Also, Audrey true. Hepburn. Also, what's that, what's that say? Plays that darling, darling, Holly... Go- also, Audrey Hepburn plays that darling, darling, Holly Goitry to a new high in entertainment delight. I don't know. Oh, they... It's just, it looks just so bland. Like, they could have done... Because this film is not bland. I, I thought it was great. Like, 
don't know. They should have just... Yeah. It should have oh, just well, been the cat. Obviously it should have just been cause... the cat in the fucking sewer. <laughs> and that's what they should have put on the poster. That iconic frame. Yeah. And and yeah, and maybe and maybe you think the cat's breakfast, maybe like breakfast at Tiffany's, like, ooh, like, ooh, is the, what's the cat doing in ooh. the sewer? Ooh. <laughs> so let's talk about let's on that, let's talk about title talk. Right. Was there yes. breakfast at Tiffany's? I've got a bone to pick. I when I when I okay years as a child hearing of the film Breakfast at Tiffany's as a kid thinking oh there's an iconic film called Breakfast at Tiffany's I'm like oh wait Tiffany's is a jewelry store so I thought maybe there was a restaurant branch to Tiffany's maybe back in the 60s they just decided to have a cafe adjacent to Tiffany's and maybe she was having a restaurant maybe she was having a full eggs and and bacon at Tiffany's Brenton, she just has, like, a bite out of, like, a scone for, like, five seconds outside Tiffany's, and that's the breakfast at Tiffany's. Was it technically in the movie? Yes. Did I wish it was a lot more? Yes. So you're severely disappointed by this breakfast at Tiffany's? I'm very disappointed. I was expecting, like, a full-on English breakfast, like, like the whole works, just, like, her going bonkers and, like, having a proper buffet, like, at Tiffany's. Like, she brings in, like, staff, like, plates, all that shit, places it on the jewellery counters and just fucking scoffs it in front of them and says, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> I'm Audrey Hepburn. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Barely a breakfast. One star. One can only, one can only dream. One Boo! Only dream. Bad title talk. But at least there was breakfast at Tiffany's. There was. There was. I mean, in in, in in saying that, it's a fantastic title. It's iconic. It's an amazing title. Like I wouldn't change yes. it. I just wish the actual breakfast was better. <laughs> so Nathan, shall yes. we power, power 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 to the people? people Let's pass people, it to the people, people that power. power. Yeah. yeah. What did you? So at? breakfast at Tiffany's. It uh, has uh, on the tomato meter. It stands at an 88%. Yeah. I can understand, given Mickey Rooney's performance. I get it. I get it. It should take a big chunk of it. But so that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. So let's look at the audience score, which is at a 91. Voted by over 240,000 people. Fair enough. Yeah. There you go. Fair enough. So let's let's get cracking into this. Peter right. Bradshaw of The Guardian, top critic, says, he gives it a positive review and he says, well, the movie still looks very good. And you'd need a heart of stone not to love the cat. <laughs> He's so Three out true. of five, he gives it. Yeah. On the money. On yeah. the money. It's very, very true. Yeah. Um, Neil, Neil, Min- wait, Neil Minow from Common Sense Media. She liked it. She gave it five out of five and she said, fabulous, but lots of drinking and cigarettes. Hey, look, if they're the only criticisms you have and they're not even, they're not, not really criticism one, but like two the real criticism is Mickey Rooney. It's true. Um, and he still gave it a five out of five, but just an interesting review. But also, yeah. like, is there, there's not that much drinking in cigarettes. There's not no, like, there's it's not like, that much. It's not like Wolf of Wall Street, or it's not like you're seeing these characters like, ha. like you know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't even that druggy, no. which is fantastic. They're just like lighting cigarettes and that kind of stuff. And like, there's also like continuity errors yeah. with the cigarettes as well. Like, there's a scene where like she falls asleep on Paul's lap and like he's smoking a cigarette. And then like in the middle of the night, she wakes up and like starts sleep talking. And like his cigarette is still lit. And I'm like, well, okay, someone, someone hasn't been keeping track of this. There was a, there was a couple of scenes like that I actually thought from memory. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but yeah, some little continu- cont- continuity things. Mm. But while uh, we we've said that point now, let's go on to Gabriel Shanks from Mixed Reviews who gave it a, a negative review. Oh no! Gabriel says, dated, leisurely paced romance that doesn't deserve its stellar reputation. No. Okay, I will say... Leisurely paced? I don't think it was leisurely paced. I will say that the start, like I said, was hard to get into. I thought it was a bit boring at the start. But once it hit the ground running, like I was in. Mm. Like I was really enjoying myself and thought, yeah, I can see why this film has the reputation it has. So 
No, I think the only thing dated in this is the Mickey Rooney stuff. So I agree. I very much agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sanya N gave it three stars and wrote, "It's so dull." Is it dull? I don't even think we need look. I don't even think we need to comment on that. No. That's kind of a similar thing to Gabriel before. Like, no, it's not dull. Like, it's I, I can see I can see some people being bored with this movie. Like, but I think you need to know going in that it, it is a romantic film with the pacing of a romantic film. So you're not going to. It's not like exactly. they're not going to have breakfast at Tiffany's and, Tiffany's and suddenly turns into like a heist film where they have to rob Tiffany's or something. But if they exactly. were to make a sequel, that's what it would be. It's like it's it's like Audrey Hepburn and Paul just like suddenly putting on like 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 ski masks and having to like rob Tiffany's. They're like, the book didn't take off. We have to do this now. John Kay gives this two stars. He says, "I never understood the popularity of this movie. I won't even get into the Mickey Rooney character. Well, obviously, mm. no one's getting into the Mickey Rooney character now. Even Mickey like, Rooney just... isn't getting into the Mickey Rooney character. Like he's apologized so much since making this movie, saying I made such a mistake. Uh, shouldn't have done it. Big mistake. Yeah, pretty hard to come back from. Mm. Yeah." Um, Suzanne S gave it three stars and said an overrated study in alcoholism that doesn't just do it for me. These man, these reviews suck. Like, sorry, but like, <laughs> like, I just don't get these points. They're all they're all about like drinking and it being dull and just that's about it. Mm. And then only one mentioned the Mickey Rooney stuff. I like I said, I think there is maybe some pacing issues at the staff, and like we said. Uh, at the start, sorry. And like we said, like in terms of the film, like the plot, that's not like the most ex- exciting plot. It's more that they're exciting characters. So, I don't know. It's still three stars, so that's fair also, enough. Also, I don't but... think the film says anything about alcoholism. Like, I don't think the film like said anything no. intelligent about it. It was just, it was just there. Like, <laughs> I think it was just people no, drank a lot in the sixties. Like, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't even the focus of it. So I don't get why it's relevant. Mm. Anyway, Megan M gives it half a star and says overrated. She's a prostitute with mental problems. I mean, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, she's not wrong, but that's the whole point of the movie. It's true. What? It's like saying, "Wow." That's not a critic. That's not a criticism. It's like what? Yeah, it's like I don't know. Get, 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 stop it! Come on, guys, give us some better. Reviews. All right, well, here we go. Here's one. Sorry, Annabeth Mayer Hermione Luna. What a name. Uh, said, this makes me feel so nostalgic for the golden age of Hollywood. It was just so classic, timeless, and elegant. Good. Good point. Like, I must say, like, the, like the way the dialogue is recorded in this film, like, it has that old kind of sound, like that old, like, like when we watch it's a wonderful yeah, life. It's yeah. like, it's like, oh, but will you, like, will you do it, Paul? Oh, but I couldn't for heaven's sake, darling. It just doesn't make sense. It's like that old kind of record kind of sound. Like, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous to listen to. It makes yeah. me, yeah, it makes me miss it hugely. Hundred percent agree with Annabeth. Um, yeah, like I, I'd agree with that as well. Um, yeah. So uh, this, 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 this person on YouTube. H. Martin Spliff says, (laughs) Wow, the cat deserves an Oscar for this movie. Mm. Look at the expression on its face. It says it all. One minute everything's sweet and he's just going about life. The next he's out on the street in the pouring rain and he doesn't even know why, but he accepts it because life's a fact. That cat is up there with Marlon Brando and Laurence Olivier. Such a powerful performance. Agreed. That's so true. I mean, what was better? Um, One of the best performances of all time. What was better? Marlon Brando in The Godfather or... Orangey the cat in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Is there's no question. Mm. There's no like you can't you can't disagree with the fact that Orangey gave probably the best performance on screen of all time. Who would win in a fight between Marlon Brando in The Godfather and Orangey the cat? Orangey the cat. Hundred percent. I can see this Orangie, cat without, wrecking the shit out <laughs> of Marlon Brando, just jumping on his face and clawing him to death. Exactly. And uh, the last oh, last reviewer, 
Koi Hophapton said, I had to go hug my cat after seeing this. Did you hug your cat, Brenton? I did. I hugged both of, both of them. Mm. I went to my cat's grave and I hugged him too. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I dug up those bones and I clenched them tight. <laughs> did you dig him up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you cry like Toby? <laughs> I did. I did. And then I was there and I consoled you and I said, I failed. I've buried enough members of the cat family. <laughs> I've buried enough members of the Wayne family. I'm like, Brenton, this is my cat. But I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so that's Breakfast oh, at Tiffany's, God. Brenton. What an episode. Hey. What a wild ride hey. we've been on. We got we got there in the end. We did. Hey? We got there in the end. We did. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of us. We What a journey we've been on. We got, I didn't know if we were going to make it, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. We did. We somehow got there. Thank you for keeping uh Nathan. Thank you for keeping this on track. Oh, you're welcome. I don't think it was me. I think I think we're both trying to help us. Like <laughs> Yeah. I I also just wanted to say like while I was quite critical of some of those very simple reviews at the end there. Um like I don't disagree that you deserve to voice your opinions. Everyone deserves to voice their opinion and every opinion is kind of like relevant to that fact and you know deserves to be scrutinized. Yeah, yeah, we all support the, the first thing. amendment. <laughs> But at the same time, I don't know. I just think like if you're going to criticize something, like be good, make some better points. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and maybe maybe um maybe that comes back on me too because I know I can sometimes. But Brenton, be- that's so hypocritical for you to say. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. But I feel like I'm opening a can of worms. But I just wanted to say that like yeah, I don't I don't disregard anyone's opinion. I just think it's a simple, stupid opinion. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's it today. If you if um if you're on if, iTunes, if make sure you can us. chuck us a, um a five stars and write a lovely thing. We'd love that. It, it'd really make our day, and it helps the podcast heaps. That's right, and and give us a shout out on Twitter. Um, and by shout out, I mean tell us what you think of breakfast at Tiffany's. Please do. Yeah, uh, let us know. Our, send us an email. Let us know. Like we we love to hear from you guys. It makes makes our days. It does make um, our days. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's the end of the episode. So I guess um, I'll, I'll I'll get I'll go out the way I came in, you know. So dude, uh, the front I'll, door's I'll right there. Like it, no, no, no. I it's much faster if I just go out. See you, Nathan. Finally, I can bring out the cat now that he's gone. Oh, Orangey! I hope no one figures out I kidnapped you from set. <laughs>